Hi, I'm Daniel Fuller from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily comedian meditation, where today we're talking about the end is better. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, where Solomon says, the end of a thing is better than the beginning. And God really began to bring this scripture to life for me one day. Uh, I actually played college baseball, coached college baseball for a while. And one day I was doing a hitting lesson with a young kid who was probably about 10 years old. And we were going through a lesson and he was beginning to struggle a little bit. And we began to just simply focus on finishing the swing in the right place. Just getting to the end of the swing in the right place. And all of a sudden, just that one simple shift began to just change everything for the better. Began to really hit the ball well. And God began to bring the scripture to life to me that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. If we just get the end of the thing, we get the finish in the right place. A lot of times the things in the middle tend to take care of themselves. And I learned this from, I used to have a hitting hitting coach in college. I used to have a hitting instructor that I, I played with. And he was one of the best hitting instructors that I've ever been around. And he used to always tell his players, if the beginning and the end of the baseball swing are in the correct place, everything in the middle tends to take care of itself. And so Jesus says, I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the alpha and the omega. But the end of a thing is better. So we're going to be asking God's help today, asking for God's help today to help us be great finishers of things. A lot of times we get really good at starting things, but we're not great at finishing things. Well, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. We're going to be asking for his help to help us to finish things that we start, to be great finishers. So, but why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business, and the business got into some tough times. I've got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars of every mo- in a month, and I've got the weight and stress and pressure of the business on me. And I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. And shortly after that, I came across a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month and you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22 just jumped off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? And I came to the conclusion that the most valuable thing, Proverbs tells us, the most valuable thing is wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Those are the principal things. And so I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to totally immerse myself in the things of God, began to seek after him. My relationship with him from that point on just began to grow exponentially. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. He taught me this whole new way to live. A completely different way to operate my life. Where we make him the source. We make him the center of everything. We learn how to rest and how to trust in him and to allow him to do the work through us. But learning a new way to do things wasn't always easy. It meant I had to unlearn some old ways, had to break free of some old patterns. At times, I found myself in some impossible-looking situations, only to see God come through over and over again as my trust in Him began to grow more and more. 
And over the course of about 10 years, I just began to document what he was taking me through and the things that he was teaching me. And it turned into this series of books and courses and now partners that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe the most important lesson I would want to pass on is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. There is something so powerful about remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're in the busyness of life. We've got issues and pressures and things coming at us. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, Every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation that activates and sets in motion all of these benefits found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, you take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he went through for us. But I think it's also important to remember to, to remember what his sacrifice means for us, how he connects us back to God, gives us this new covenant with God. So the process we use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're talking about some practical physical fitness tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and to make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today.
and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of today. And masters of anything are masters of the fundamentals. And that's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. Let's bring some joy into today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages, a process they went through to walk in their inheritance, to step into that land that God had for them. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's steps and stages along the way. There's a process he takes us through to learn how to rest and how to trust in him, to inherit those promises through faith and patience. And very very simply, I think it starts with us believing God's got something better for our life, better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. But his plan's probably going to look impossible. We have to be willing to move forward with his plan rather than go back to the way things used to be. And then we have to learn to put off our old ways and to operate our lives in this new way. Where we make him the source, we make him the center. We learn how to walk in his ways. Walking in faith and love and humility and resting and trusting in him. And that's where these four fundamentals come in. Our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day, as time moves forward another day, we've got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. Time and space are connected. So as time moves forward, you got to keep repositioning yourself back into today, back in the light today. And this is the on-off switch. Either we're in the light or we're in the darkness. There's no in-between. And I think it starts with humility, humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people, because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven? You have to humble yourself like this little child. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today, receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, which we often forget to do, walking in forgiveness with other people. And to walk in the light is to walk in love, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass. But the receiver turns and he runs in the wrong direction. He's out of position to be able to receive. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And in Christ, God has given us these rivers of living water. I like to call it a pipeline of living water. And in that water is everything that we need. His spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's fellowship with God, fellowship with people, purpose and grace, health and energy. 
time, finances, resources. It's all available to be received. But we receive it spiritually. And then we got to learn how to get it flowing through us, out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. So the first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity. It's going to build a bigger pipeline where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart where we become more fixed and consistent in it. And to magnify the light, imagine the example of two baskets on a balancing scale on opposite sides. On one side, you've got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, we've got a basket full of our praises to God. To magnify the light, which basket are you going to fill up? With our thoughts, with our focus, with our attention, with our words, with our meditation, which basket are we going to fill up? To magnify the light, we're going to fill up that basket of praise. And the way I like to do it is they filled up that basket of praise by going through this. I go through the names of God. Who is God? He is love. He is light. He is truth. He's the God of all grace. He's the God of all hope, the God of all comfort. Who is Jesus? He's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He's the light that came into the world. He's the bread that came down from heaven. He's the resurrection and the life. He's our faithful high priest. And just going through, who is he? And then going through, what has he done? He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He sent us his one and only son. And if he would do that, how would he not freely and graciously give us all things richly to enjoy? He poured the cup of his wrath onto his body. Laid upon him the sins and iniquities of us all. And then he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. And he raised us up with him and seated us together with him. He released us from darkness. He transferred us into the light, into the kingdom of his dear son. He gave us his blessing and his favor. His favor is on us and surrounds us like a shield. He sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Made us to be heirs. Gave us an inheritance in him. He gave us his Holy Spirit. His blood makes atonement for us. Gives us this new covenant with God. This personal relationship with him where God is working for our good. You go through, what has he done for us in Christ? He made us righteous and holy and perfect. And I like to go through, what has he done for me personally? The ways that I've seen him show up personally in my life. And some of those things, I begin to operate by faith. I begin to say things that I've turned over to God in prayer. I start praising him and thanking him. He's already given me the answer, even though I haven't seen it yet. It's done in him. He's not withholding it. I just start praising him and thanking him for these things. You start doing this. I like to do it morning and evening. In the Old Testament, the Levites, the plan that David got from God says, I have plans in writing from the hand of God. This is how the temple is supposed to operate. Well, our bodies are God's temple now. And part of that plan was the Levites were to stand praising God morning and evening, just spending a couple minutes magnifying God through praise morning and evening. And it's going to do this amazing thing. It's going to expand that capacity, but it's also going to help you stay fixed and consistent throughout the middle of the day. When issues and problems come, it's going to help you keep praising him to magnify that light. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's choosing to fill up that other basket in the face of those issues and problems. Keep magnifying God as bigger than those problems. 
But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, filling up that other basket with venting and complaining and pouting, toiling away in our mind, trying to figure out all the problems ourselves. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because wherever we're positioned, whatever we're magnifying, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. And one of the biggest ones I've learned to pay attention to is where's the pressure? Where's the pressure? Am I putting pressure on other people? Am I putting pressure on myself? We tend to be our own worst critic and beat ourselves up and put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And when we put the pressure on other people or ourselves, I think we squeeze God out. He can't flow through us the way that he wants to. But when we put the pressure on him, we roll all that care over onto him. The pressure's on him to come through. That pressure comes off of us, and now everything can flow through us. we got to take that kink out of the garden hose. Other symptoms you'll experience, you'll have the heaviness and weight and pressure. you have fear and stress and worry, dreading things in the future, envisioning worst-case scenarios, reliving bad things from the past. Usually we're lacking presence. And unfortunately, this can become a habit or a pattern. But when we take our position in the light, that pressure comes off. There's rest in our soul. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And that pipeline of living water, it just begins to flow. And now everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing because God's doing the work. He's supplying the peace and the joy and the power and the grace and the love. He's doing the work. It's a beautiful thing. And if all that weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. If we ever miss it, we ever get off track, we can turn it back around, get back in position again, pretty much instantly. How do we do it? I think it starts with getting more present, getting aware of those symptoms we're experiencing. And then we humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to say we're sorry to somebody else or reconcile or forgive, we take those steps. And then we start praising him and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing at a greater level in my life today. And you go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental. We've got to stay tuned into him. In the Old Testament, the temple had a rhythm. There were things that needed to be done every day, every week, every month, and the yearly cycle of feasts. And I found one of the greatest ways to stay tuned into God is to stay in rhythm with him. Our bodies are God's temple now. And installing that rhythm is one of the greatest ways to stay in step with him. And so the way I like to do this, I like to start with a journal. I like to start at the very top of my journal, like the journal before bed. I like to start, what's the big picture vision? I call these my filters at the top of my journal. I like to start, I keep rewriting every night. What's the big picture vision? What do I feel like God is leading me in my life? For me personally, that's Abundant Life Training Centers all over the world. Making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. Underneath that, I want to bring it down to this year. What do I feel like is the vision or the direction or the word that God gave me for this year? For example, every night of this year, 2022, I'm writing this phrase, 2022. The year of the beautiful land. Then I want to bring it down to this month. 
What do I feel like is the message God gave me for this month? For example, in our program, The Abundant Life Blueprint, this month we're focusing on connection. So I'm writing every night in my journal this month, connection, connect, 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 connect. Prioritize connection. I'm writing these things every night as little reminders. Help me to stay tuned into him. And then I want to bring it down into this week. That's where we talk about our weekly, yearly cycle updates. As we go through the cycle or the circle of a year, think of it like a 360-degree view of God, giving us different angles, teaching us different angles and reminders of who he is and all that he's done for us in Christ. For example, this time of year, as a reminder, his favor is on you. It surrounds you like a shield. And his favor produces opportunities. And so the little reminder this week, the little filter this week, look for opportunities. Look for opportunities to connect. Look for opportunities to do good. And sometimes those opportunities come hidden as problems and issues that we face. But we can transform them and turn them through praise and staying connected to him. And then I want to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways that I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question. What's the most important thing you're trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, begin to write those things down. And then I want to bring my journal all the way down into today. I started with the big picture. I worked through this year, this month, this week. And then I want to bring it all the way down into today. That's where I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And that's where I've learned to stick with. What do I know to do today? Because I learned, I was sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. I'm toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things to do. And when we procrastinate on things that we know to do, those things pile up on the inside. And you feel that, that weight and that pressure and that overwhelm that blocks our clarity. God can't flow through us the way that he wants to getting blocked on the inside it's got to carry through all the way into taking action faith has to have corresponding action and works so what do i know to do today that becomes the plan for the day and then we wake up like a kid on christmas morning excited for the day and we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day and as i began to learn about this i began to seek god what's the best thing for us to say in the morning I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. And it's amazing. Just start my day that way. The very first words out of my mouth. Let there be light. That that little tiny thing makes such a difference in the day. brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan together with him. Full confidence in him. That he's right there with us every step of the way. We can rest and he's going to do that work. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives, to make things happen in our life that we could never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. So let's take a look at these scriptures today. Talking about the end is better. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8. Solomon says, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Well, Jesus says in Revelation twenty-two thirteen, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. 
He's the beginning and the end. Like our hitting coach used to say, if the beginning and the end of anything are in the correct place, everything in the middle tends to work out. But the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Hebrews 12.2 tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the finisher of our faith. A lot of times we get good at starting things, but we're not the greatest at finishing things. Jesus, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You started whatever you've got going on in our life, you started it. And you're going to see it through to completion. You're going to finish it. And how did you do it? How did you finish? You kept your eyes fixed on God. Looking unto you. In the Old Testament, it says, Moses persevered. Because he saw him who's invisible. He saw him. We're keeping our eyes fixed on him. So Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning and the end. And we're asking for your help. To be great finishers of the things that you start. The things that we start. Teach us more about this principle of how the end of a thing is better. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Stick a moment to remember, God sent us his one and only son. He poured the cup of his wrath onto his body. He was crushed and destroyed by God. It pleased God to crush him. All of us, like sheep, had gone astray. We'd all turned to our own ways. And God laid upon him the iniquities and the sins of us all. He became sin so that we could become righteous. He became a curse so that we could have God's blessing on our life. Through his one sacrifice, he makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. And God raised him up and seated him in heavenly places. And he raises us up together with him and sits us together with him. Makes us one with him. So Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. His blood washes us and cleanses us. Gives us this new covenant with God. This blood sworn oath. The God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. He's fighting for us. And his covenant, he will not break. This covenant of love, this covenant of peace with him. So, Father, we thank you for this cup. And I ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. All right. Let's talk about health and fitness. Finishing the workout. A lot of times in workouts, we like to put what we call finishers at the end. Now, 
our workout that we have, our daily communion workout has some sections to it. In the first section, we do a, a just a cardiovascular exercise at the end where we work the whole body together. 50 seconds of some kind of cardiovascular exercise. At the end of the weightlifting section, the way I like to finish that section is by doing farmer's walks. Just holding weights and going for a walk with the weights, gripping those weights. Sometimes I'll do a few shrugs or shoulder raises as I'm walking. Farmer's walks are a great way to finish that. And then at the end of the workout, once you get a little more advanced, we like to put in a little bit of interval training. Some running or sprinting, some interval type of training at the end to finish the workout. At the end of the workout, we want to bring it all together. We want to finish it well because the end of a thing is better than the beginning. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.